you know, he's got the whole vibe going. He wants us all to think that he's the demon from hell. He's using black holes and tentacles and his heart's in a volcano. And he's like, you know what I mean? He's like, got the menacing armor. But, like, he sleeps with a, a stuffed animal at night. Or the, or, you know what I mean? Like, he's definitely got something. He's got guilty pleasure where he, like, watches a soap opera and cries, you know, when he's there. Like, whatever. Like, he's got that going on. I freaking know it. There's no way that he's just stone, stone cold. Like, you know. AOA, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kim Way. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boy Isaiah. Oh, hi, yo. And today we're hitting you with part two of our TOG discussion, uh, this time covering the finale of season two. I think it was. It's 327 to 337. Um, so second part here, if you haven't checked out the first part already, highly recommend you do so, where we'll answer some questions posed by some of the brilliant people in our Discord. And if you want to get in on that fun, join our Discord. The link is in the description down below. You have an hour after every live stream's conclusion to ask whatever question you like pertaining to the chapters that we just read. And if it gets some of the most upvotes, we might just answer it. Um, also... Hit up AOA Reacts if you haven't already and watch that live stream. Link is also in the description down below. Subscribe to that channel so you don't miss any future TOG live streams uh, or just live reactions in general. But anyway, we have five questions posed to us today. These ones weren't necessarily the most upvoted, but some of the ones that were interesting or from people that maybe didn't have their voices heard in previous videos, etc. So don't shy away of it from asking a question, even if it doesn't get the most upvotes, because we might just include it in our second discussion like we are today. But... Moving into the first question here, we'll start off. It is by Andergriff. Andergriff asks, what do you think Ms. Cheney means by I told you, uh, you and I want the same thing? I just think a bit more blood needs to be spilled, referring to Jin Sung uh, when she has him held captive. So this is interesting because she just seems like she is a, what would you call it, anarchist? Like someone who is... Um, just wants to see the world burn, like yeah, a, yeah, uh, chaotic, you know, neutral. chaotic neutral, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Because that's that's really all I could think of, um, in the sense that if if you want the same thing, but you you're saying you need more blood to be spilled, I don't know if she necessarily means that in the sense like we want the same thing, but your plan isn't going to work because more blood has to be spilled, or the plan's going to work anyway. I just want more blood to be spilled, right? Because that's huge, vastly different scenarios. Sure. And if it's the former, then it's then I think it's that she knows something that other people don't. Being that she's a princess, she has uh, high prestige, she is close to jihad, I guess, in some way, shape, or form in the Ten Great Families. She seemed pretty close with her father as well, hidden, judging by the Hidden Floor arc. She was like one of the main three kids or whatever that he kept by his side. Um, so if, it, if that's the case, she knows something that's up. She's playing like 60 chess here with these crazy moves where she's backstabbing people and then blowing up Jihad's army. And then now she wants the, she wants the Green April from Yuri. What the hell are you planning, girl? You know, she's got to know something and she believes that you know, she doesn't need to really tell anyone because she's already got these strings going. If it's the latter, then she's just crazy. And like, take that as you will. <laughs> you know, some people might like that. I don't know. We're, we're going to see what's up. But if it's not necessarily that she has any more information or any more pertinent information than someone like Jin Sung Ha, 
Um, and she wants something similar, but she just wants there to be like absolute carnage, uh, in the meantime, where she wants this, like people to be wiped out. Maybe this is her chance to wipe out a bunch of influential leaders that have been oppressing people or her or making it so she can't play by the rules that she wants to play by or something like that. And she just wants to use this as an excuse or just killing two birds with one stone or like 4,000 birds with one stone, you know, in, in her way of doing it. Then she's just a little crazy and maybe a little more selfish, but I wouldn't put it past her. Um, but yeah, those are my two things. She, I think she's a little bit more info, but it's just a matter of like her own personal demons going on in her head, whether she just wants to see the world burn or if she thinks it needs to burn, like absolutely needs to burn, not just because I want to see it burn, you know? But. Um, so I, for the most part, agree. I mean, uh, yeah, she definitely seems like she's, she's against jihad like again i feel like i brought this up before but like i feel like she's against jihad sort of in the gustang thing though i don't think that means that she's like a hundred percent like where can i sign up for team bam um she wants who also overthrow jihad's empire or at the very least you know put a you know put a wrench in his plan um but wants to do it in the most violent way possible um because i think above her being a coon and above her having an incredible uh, let's just say affinity towards or sense of like uh, be of using strategy and you know being smart using her mind um, she's also a little bit of like you know a a blood crazed you know fighter at heart you know what I mean like we, we learned this from her data version at her core she just likes fighting she loves fighting she loves you know getting on the battlefield and just swinging her sword around or spear and uh, doing as much damage as she possibly can but I think now that she's older I think now that the circumstances are much different than when she was younger, she realizes that in order to do that, and even just in order to play this game longer, she's gonna, she can't just, you know, she can't do the reckless thing of just running into battles. Like she has to play it smart. She has to pick her moments to strike. Um, but I, I do ultimately agree that I'm, I'm curious as to like her picking her moments to strike, like what her end goal is, if there is an end goal, right? It's like, you know, cause I, I, I feel like there is, I feel like Miss Chenny just seems like somebody who's too, who's been way too methodical about everything that's going on to be like, oh, I'm just out here, like just killing people. Cause I like, kill, you know, it's like, I feel like there's, there's something she wants or some, some version of this tower or some goal she wants to get to. I just, and I suppose she wants to just kill as many people or, or spill as much blood as she can to get there, which seems weird because it seems conflicting. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know if she prioritizes like the mission and getting her goal over doing that. Or if it's like, you know, cause then it's like, arguably, why wouldn't you side with somebody like, you know, why wouldn't you side with somebody like Jin Sung, who is just, who's probably going to do that, especially if they want the same thing, but this emphasis on her, like, having to spill more blood, maybe it even just means that, like, there's more people on her hit list to get rid of while this plan's going into action, mm -hmm. so it's like, yeah, Jin Sung, I know you're gonna do what I want, but, like, you're trying to, you're out here sparing as many people as possible, I'm not about that, like, when we, when we do this, when this tower gets flipped on its head, like, I want heads on the floor, and that, you know what I mean, so I, I, I think that's more or less what it is, at least, I think. Mm -hmm. um, right, so the next question is from Victor Salcedo, Sal Sal uh, thank you for the question, they say, what do you think of Yuri staying behind after the trouble that they've caused? What do you think of her confronting her father, Jihad, and his reaction? Remember, she knows of Bam's connection to Arlene. Uh, what do you think of young Yuri? So, first one, uh, I'm a little scared, obviously, kind of shitting myself, because, uh, so, uh, I was unclear if she said she was going to confront Jihad, as in King Jihad, or she was going to confront the head of her family, the Ha family, which would be her grandmother. 
Because those are two different people. Yeah. So there was, when we read it, it read a, as her father. She said, I'm going to see my father. And then you think about it. Well, okay, that's jihad, right? Um, stepfather or not. And then there were some people in chat saying that there was a translation error there. But then the more I thought, well, th- but then we got questions like this, where it's like, what do you think is going to happen when she confronts jihad, like multiple? And the more I thought about it, I was like, well, I think it makes more sense given the context of what she said that it'd be jihad because she says, I'm going to go to my father and see why he wanted to kill him in the first place. Where it seems like Yuri's grandmother, like there's not really this explicit overall arching plan where it's like, hey, grandma, why'd you want to kill bomb? Like, Grandma Yuri might not even know about bombs. So, like, it just didn't make sense to yeah. me that it'd be her grandmother. So, it's I'm going weird. with Jihad, personally. So, I would, too. And, like, you know, fair enough. That's what this question says. It's just, it's weird to me because I'm like, just ask Bam. Like, Bam knows why Jihad wants to kill him. Arguably, most of the people, Howard, like, most of the people on this team already have that answer. So, the only, I'm like, it seems such, like, a weird loop around to, like, go, I mean, not loop around necessarily, but it's, like, weirdly direct and might be causing more problems than not to go to Jihad's front door and ask him because a how do we know he's not going to just lie to Yuri and b like what if she doesn't make it out of it like you know what I mean maybe I'm just worried for Yuri but I'm like why why are we going to Jihad's front door of all people and so that's why I was like okay if if she's going to her grandmother that makes sense because she's probably one of the only people who could directly go up to her grandmother and ask her this question I don't know how much of this of that is connected I don't know if the grandmother if of the head of the hot family is siding with Jihad now and like because that's that's what I was impl- or that's what I was getting with the whole thing of Chian He. I thought Chian He was like, Oh yeah, our family is siding with Jihad, which would mean that the grandmother is taking that stance. Okay. So that Yuri was like, Oh, that's weird. Like why would she do that? And that's mm-hmm. what she's like, I'm gonna go find out what's going on because that, you know, maybe like that doesn't sound like the grandmother I knew or whatever. Um but okay, fair enough. Regardless, I'll, I'll just take it as the question here, which says jihad, uh, which makes me all the more worried because I, I don't like jihad at all, and I know he uh, he don't got a good temper whatsoever. Um, and Yuri is now branding a traitor, or now branded as a traitor, um, and jihad doesn't look too kindly on those kinds of people. So I'm a little nervous as to like what this interaction will be, how she'll get out of it, um, and what she's gonna learn, what she's gonna learn from it. Because, you know, the question also specifically brings up the fact that Yuri is aware of Bam's connection to Arlene. So maybe Yuri might confront Jihad with the knowledge, with with that knowledge now and be like, oh, is, is this is the whole thing about Arlene true? Um, which, again, it just it strikes me so weird that, like, we have all this backstory with us, like the main group. It seems so weird that she would go to Jihad to get this unless she's confident she can get more information than what we have from Jihad. But again... If Jihad, if she's already been branded a traitor, like that's a dangerous game to play. You know what I mean? Like you might not. You know what I mean? It. it I don't know. I, I think it's more just to to interject here for a second. It's it's trying to get Jihad's side of the story mm-hmm. because I don't think this it like specifically like why do you want to kill Bomb and like. I need you to repeat to me what I've already been told. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's more of like, I want to hear it from you. Okay. I need to hear it from the guy who's been perpetrated as the villain this whole time. Everybody else is calling you it. What do you believe? Like, sure. why do you want to do this? I need to hear it from you and like, see if this makes sense to me at all, which it won't. I mean, you know what I mean? If yeah. he says, but like, there could be something where he's like, what are you talking about? Like, there's going to be some grand scheme thing. Yuri's going to want bomb to live anyway, but she wants to, she wants to like, she needs to hear it from her father himself, his sure. side. So that's my interpretation of it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, it's funny because it's like I said, I'm, I'm just I'm so worried for my girl, dude. I, I don't want I need her to get out of this scot free or relatively scot free or at the very least unharmed. But then it's like also I'm not kind of worried about her because it's Yuri and like I just feel like she, you know, obviously it's it could be it's not doesn't need to be stated that she can handle herself. Um, 
But like, and, and and this is part of the reason, like, why I love this character is that, like, you know, she really does kind of like move by the beat of her own drum in a sense, where it's like, oh, what's going on? I'm gonna find out for myself. And it's like, you know, like she really does just move and do things that she wants to do when she wants to do them. Um, which you know, I I just I love about her. But uh, yeah. So that being said, that's where I'm at. I, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what do I think about young Gary? Literally the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen in existence. <laughs> like, I mean, defines Kawhi to a T. I just, just I, I, I can only hope that if I ever have a daughter that she looks like young Yuri. <laughs> or I'll just put a picture of young Yuri in her face. <laughs> just like a cut out print cut out and you just slap it over me. Dad, why do you need me Yuri? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I mean, I echo a lot of the points here. Um, the, you know, she's caused some trouble, but if anyone's going to confront Jihad about it, it's her, and that's what makes her so likable in that sense. Um, but Jihad doesn't like people not following the rules, as we've seen, especially the ridiculously arbitrary rules that he's put in place. Um, so there's that. I don't know how he's going to take that. And it seems that he doesn't really give a damn about the princesses in the grand scheme of things. Like he does, but it's more of like, just kind of a, like a symbol where it's like, I don't think he really cares for their well being so much as it, as it hurts the reputation of his rule and his reign, at least the way that they're chalking it up here. But I would really love to see a convo between Yuri and Jihad. Like if they actually do hem on that for a minute, because like I said, I, a lot of these evil characters, Jihad would be the standout here. Um, not that I necessarily defend his actions or like I like him for those character traits at all, because um, I don't. But I would be lying if I said I'm not just curious to hear what his spiel is. I've said this before in previous discussions, and I'm curious to know if he would feel that wor- Yuri is even worth knowing. Um Number one, number two, like what his side of it is, because he's just for the small little glimpse we got, he talked in this very vague tone where it's like I'm trying to control fate, and it's like, whoa, that was a let's unpack that for a minute. He's like, I gotta go, you know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, you know. So I think there's like way more to that. I'm curious yeah, to know yeah, if yeah. anything gets like let out, or if there's like a side to his story that like maybe you know, Jihad is still an evil son of a bitch for doing the things that he's done, but maybe there's a side of it that, you know, maybe paints Arlene to not be this kind of, like, saint-like figure that some of the people have chalked her up to be. Like, it might just be that no one's really a good guy in this scenario. It's just, I'm the one who lived, you know? And, like, so I'm gonna do my thing. My only thing is that, like, I don't know if Jihad even feels that, like, he owes Yuri the truth. I, like, that's the only if thing. If Yuri were to confront him, like, what That's my. What would be the motivation that Jihad's like, all know. right, Yuri, sit down. I'll tell you the truth. It's like, mm-hmm. to, to Jihad, Yuri's just another princess. Like, I don't. I could yeah. easily see Jihad just spinning some random lie BS to her or whatever, you know, to either get her away or be like, I'm not telling you anything, and actually I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> like, because that, that just sounds like the Jihad I know. But it's like, yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like... Bam, just because he knows what Bam is, he might feel this weird sense of, of not responsibility, but, like, he might tell Bam the truth just out of, like, all right, I'm, I, you, like, I know who you are and what you mean to, like, mm-hmm. my past and, and people yeah, I know. Yeah. But, like, Yuri, I, I just don't see him being, like, coming clean to Yuri of all people. If anything, it would be, like, the, the cliche, like, villain trope thing where they have the person that they're about to kill and they go, you're about to die, so I'll tell you. Yeah, everything. yeah, yeah. And then they get saved yeah. and then it's like, oh, shit, I told my whole plan, <laughs> yeah. you know? like It's like, I, <laughs> it's like Jihad, Yuri got away. And it's like, oh, thank God she didn't get your plan. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> we need to get her yeah. right now. <laughs> Can somebody just go stop real quick? <laughs> <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> Shit happens all the time. But uh, that I could see that, you know, yeah, something yeah, goes yeah. down. But I'm curious to see that that whole thing. And, and baby Yuri is, is adorable. And, and just like the spunky kid, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. cool. Cause it's like almost like she never grew up. Yeah, it's like yeah. the way she is now. So it's like her personality is, is basically the same. She just is mini. <laughs> so it's like, it makes it more like, oh, that's cute. You know what I mean? Like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. So anyway, question three comes to us from uh, Lev Dureka, if I pronounce that correctly. Thank you for the question. I think that's a new name here. So yeah. um, thank you. Asks, with Evan no longer being Yuri's guide for the moment, how do you think the dynamic of Bomb's team will change having two guides? Will this cause conflicts or create better opportunities for growth? That's a good question. Uh, that's a really good question. I I don't know because I... Okay, I could be dead wrong here, but I, I like I could have swore that there's points where like Evan even looks at Haorion like, how did you know that type things? Like, I feel like there's like even more info that Haorion might have, but I could just be pulling that out of my ass. So don't read too far into that. Um, beyond that, uh, the dynamic between them is funny because they're both guys, but they but they seem to go about things very differently and they have different motivations. Um, but their innovation, their motivations, as we see, kind of uh, intersect at certain paths where it's like um, Haorion's main motivation is bomb, the preservation of bomb. Mm. And in a sense, so is Evan's um, in a way, but it's like Evan just kind of has more of like the group oriented thing involved, but like he kind of is carrying out Yuri's will, which is like watch off to watch after bomb for me. So if push comes to shove, like I think that's who is, he's prioritizing, but um, I don't know. I, I find it interesting. Like if they see, if they see different things, like if they, if the way they see them is different, mm -hmm. um, if they have, if they come to the same conclusion, but they actually disagree on the way to get there mm -hmm. or like, or whatever, like if there's like an alternate route and that would be interesting. Cause then we'll really see like how are you and if there were certain, like, you know, other ways of navigating around it, which I believe there were, um, she just chooses not to because she's like, that's not pragmatic in this situation. Like, why would I go down that route? Um, and just kind of some of the dialogue that they're going to have amongst each other, you know, mm. kind of like hashing it out because they're, they on some weird level, like are the only ones kind of in sync on that. So they're the only ones that had, could have a conversation. It's like you go into a room and it's like, damn, I really love pink giraffes, but like, who else is going to love pink giraffes? Who can I talk about this with? You know what I mean? Like I have this YouTube channel I watch about pink giraffes and like blah, blah, blah. And then like some person comes out and is like, I love pink giraffes. It's like, oh my God, finally. You know what I mean? Now we can talk about this forever. You know, it's What's like. What's your favorite thing? That they're pink. Yeah. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> oh my God, now they're a giraffe. Like that's so crazy, right? But like, or like anime, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you go to a room and it's like, or whatever. And it's like, you know, you, you don't think anyone's going to like, that's your vibe. And all of a sudden, like you hear out of the corner of your ear, you're like, yeah, then Deku did this thing. It's like, who's, who's that, that? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah, now yeah. you're like, it's perfect. Perfect. I have this my hero. Talk. You like anime? <laughs> exactly. I've had so many conversations like that oh, where it's sure, like people that sure. I did not expect. Um, you know, I could go on. But the point is, is that like these are the only two people that really understand each other fully when it comes to this sort of thing. So I don't I think it'll be interesting to get some of the uh the dialogue and will it create rifts or opportunities to grow? I think it's depending on how they, like I said before, how they aim it if it's like okay they agree that this has to be the way to do it or maybe evan offers a different perspective how the same mm -hmm. vice versa yeah, and like yeah. they could get to that conclusion but have you know two heads are better than one have an another way of navigating it that preserves people and all that kind of stuff but um so i so okay chat or or 
comments, <laughs> whoever you are, uh, feel free to obviously correct me if I'm wrong. But I do believe that there is a distinction between their abilities in the sense that Howard Yoon's foresight is more long term and Evans is more short term. So I could have Howard Yoon's is more is long term but more vague, and Ever- Evans is more short term but more precise. So Evan knows how like if it's like we got to get here. Evan's like, oh, okay, cool. We just go here and we'll get there. And it's like, but it's like, all right, what's gonna happen when we get there? I don't know. We got to get there first, you know. <laughs> Where like how are you? And it's like, oh, okay. In you know the next few hours or whatever, like we should go here because these guys are gonna try and come here, and then they're gonna try and come after. Like they're gonna end up like attacking somebody else that we know. And it's like, okay, who though? Who's going there? And who? And it's like. Well, you, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and not the, like, you know, it's a little bit more specific than that. But the general gist is that their abilities differ in the sense of long and short term and the specificity of it, I believe. Um, I could have swore there was some difference. Yeah. And I, he's made comments. Yeah. Before. And because uh, I remember that way back at the end of the dollar show when um, when Evan and Howard Yoon and Evan have like a little moment to talk. And uh, there's a little bit of animosity between them just off the fact because they refer to each other as red witches and silver dwarfs, which mm. is like what they are. But it seems that like the because they re- refer to each other as that instead of like their names or anything else, it seems that there's like amongst guides because I guess there's, like I said, different kinds. There's like animosity, but you know what I mean? Like red witches probably only really ride or die with other red witches. And like, you know, so I so t- for the to answer this question, I do think there's going to be conflict at first because I think they're, they're the way... They go about so those things I said the specificities of their foresight I think is going to cause conflict because uh, Evan's going to be like you know might give a direction or whatever and Howard Yoon's like well no we need to get to this end goal and Evan's like okay but ha- like you're not give it like you know what I mean I think just naturally that's going to create conflict and off the fact that like you're saying Howard Yoon is like we need to get to this end goal and I need Bam to be with me when we get here I literally don't care if anybody else is here or not I think Evan obviously is also prioritizing. Bam, but I do think Yuri's, you know, uh, instructions were to look after Bam and his friends. So I, I do think Evan's going to be much less likely to go along with a plan to discard somebody, um, which, you know, again, I think is going to create more conflicts. I, th- I think basically what's going to happen is how are is going to get sick of Evan being here because for up until now, she's been the only guy running this party. And now that they're like, because when you had people like Kuhn, uh going at her or against her, it was like, okay, Kuhn's yelling at me, but like Kuhn is just you know, he may be incredibly intelligent, but he's just another one of these regular people. Like, Evan's another guy, so he could actually maybe, like, clap back at Howard and be like, no, 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 I see what you're trying to do here, and that shit's not, that, that no. So, like, I think she's going to be like, all right, fuck this, like, two-guy thing. <laughs> like, you know, I'm the guy. <laughs> um, but I do ultimately actually think that while we're going to start with conflicts, that it will present ultimate, or ultimately present opportunities for both of them to grow, because I think, you know, funny enough, they're both going to not hit it off well, but if they can find a way to work together, it's actually like one of the most OP teams to have is because the, like I said, if there is a gap or a, a con in each of their foresight abilities, they compensate for each other perfectly. So if they work together, like we're good, we're golden, like, you know, we'll be fine, but you know, it's, and they it, got Hockney to figure out if something's going to happen in five seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we got, got, we got five seconds. We got short term and long term. <laughs> We're good. We just need to not like kill each other before we get that synergy together. Um, so yeah, I do ultimately think that there's going to be some, you know, it's going to be some hills, hills and valleys, but I think ultimately um, 
You know, I, I, although I don't, I don't know how long it'll take. I guess that's the other thing because like Yuri comes back and it's like, what the fuck happened? Where's everybody? It's like, ah, we had a little disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my thing. Um, all right. So the fourth question comes to us from Sad Sparkles. Thank you for the question. They say, what do you think about our Sundere Karaka helping Wangnan out? And what are the possibilities of Wangnan's development after everything he's been through? You know the story already. Just like Bam, Wangnan, Wangnan is always saying how he's too weak and wants to get stronger to save people he cares about. Uh, cue in this panel of the Totally Harmless Sword. Uh, in the Discord, he put a picture up of the panel with the... Uh, when the sword is talking to Wang Nan after he's talking about how gotcha, he wants gotcha. to become stronger. Uh, where could this path lead him to? Now the Karaka may play, uh, presumably, a bigger role in our group. Um, so this, in a different way, this question was touched on in our first discussion. I'm interested to see this like other role Karaka is going to be playing, A, now as a part of our group somewhat, but as a larger presence, because he was kind of just like, the villain who showed up every once in a while before. Um, but now it seems like he's going to be at least with like, what, like he's going to be running with us. Um, so I'm curious to see like what that entails between that, between the way he seems to be siding with Wang Nan um, and looking and watching Bam. Like he seems to be taking on this almost like weird, like I don't want to say mentor, but like this weird, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know this weird like older senpai like vibe almost you know what I mean like he's the older student or whatever I don't know it's really weird um and I'm but I'm actually very curious and excited to see that develop between specifically him and Wang Nan because like I always say they come from the same baby milk they're both Jihad's kids so obviously they're gonna get to talking and they're gonna be like yo I had this thing, and he's like, oh, shit, you too? And then he's going to be like, Karaka, take that silly mask off. He's going to take it off, and they're going to be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, sing Kumbaya, all the good shit. But, uh, but more than that, I wonder if Karaka is going to, I don't actually know how well this would pan out, because Karaka's techniques be kind of like sus, Loki. Like he <laughs> kind of looks like he fights with, like, the devil's magic and shit. Um, so I don't want him to, like, teach Wang Nan that. But I want him to teach, I would be cool if he teaches Wang Nan Loki how to, like, defend himself and, like, fight. Um, I just don't want, you know, Wang Nan shooting tentacles and shit out of whatever. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see, like, this, like I said, this, like, weird older student role that Karaka you know, presumably could take on, um, unless he's big brain scheming everybody and he's just doing this to get everybody's, uh, you know, false insecurity and then just cucks everybody. And it's like, all right, Dick, cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. Cause I don't, my other thing is that sword. It's such an outlier. I feel like in the situation, like, I don't know really who put that thing there, like what its goal is. If its goal is just the agenda of somebody else that manifested it there. I don't know. And I'm, I'm worried that like, I just worried about Wang. I'm worried, bro. I'm worried about these characters, man. Like Wang Nan, Yuri. Like, what are y'all doing? What's going on? You okay? You want to talk? Um, that's all I got. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, not too much to add here because we had a similar question in our last discussion. But I think it's cool that he's helping Wang Nan out. Wang Nan out. Um, and I hope that it goes both ways in in the sense that Karaka obviously has techniques and things like that. And ways of making Wang Nan strong. Duh. Uh, but Wang Nan also has this, like, amazing character. And it would be cool to have that rub off on Karaka as well. And if they are actually related, 
I'm you're not selling me that like Karaka is going to be unchangeable. You know what I mean? In his way of thinking, it seems like he's already got an inkling of that in the sense that he's sparing bomb out of respect for Jin Sung Ha. Like there's a little bit more to him. I said this last time, but I think his armor is a little more metaphorical and plays like this thing where like and his heart being like not in his body where it's like, you know, he's got the whole vibe going. He wants us all to think that he's the demon from hell. He's using black holes and tentacles and his heart's in a volcano. And he's like, you know what I mean? He's like, got the menacing armor. But, like, he sleeps with a, a stuffed animal at night. Or, the, or You know what I mean? Like, he's definitely got something. He's got guilty pleasure where he, like, watches a soap opera and cries, you know, when he's there. Like, whatever. Like, he's got that going on. I freaking know it. There's no way that he's just stone, stone cold. Like... You know, especially yeah, if they're related. Because if Wangnan's capable of it, and if Jihad came out looking goofy as ever in the at the hidden floor arc, and Karaka's from that same bloodline, he's got something. <laughs> he's got some goofy trait about him that, like, he's just hiding. So, like, at all costs. Because then everyone's going to think he's weird, you know? And it's like, he's already got everyone's respect. He can't lose it now. So, <laughs> no, all jokes aside, though, I think that there is something in him that could be unlocked. And I think if anyone could do it, it could be Wangnan, besides Bomb. Um, so, I think that'll be interesting. Wangnan... Like that, you know, just to point to instances where Wang Nan had, he did it for Bomb, mm-hmm. right? When he met Bomb at the beginning of season two, Bomb was sort of down in his depths, and I would argue on the opposite end of his character spectrum. Yeah. And Wang Nan was the one who sort of pulled him back into focus and was like, yo, start like caring about people more. <laughs> yeah, do that. <laughs> He's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, so uh, that would be cool. And it would also be cool for Karaka to teach Wang Nan on some of the darker parts of his side. Because, again, it's not, you know, harmless people aren't good people. The people that can harm and choose not to or choose to use their strengths for the service of good are the truly good people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Wang Nan, in the, in the sense that he's going full charge ahead and, you know, things that he deems evil and all that kind of stuff, like he's a good guy, but it would be cool to see him actually be able to have some sweet powers with that too. And again, it goes tandem. If they're related, then if he could get to Karaka in those ways, then those techniques would probably work for him as well, or some sort of Mm -hmm. spin on it. They seem to have this like heaven hell style thing where Jihad is like the golden sun and Mm -hmm. all these like up on high and Karaka's like, you know, shit mud dirt, you know, just (laughs) Just like, shit, mud dirt. Just like blah, you know, I just like Shinsu crazy. style shit mud dirt yeah, skill. Yeah, shit mud dirt skill. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. They did it in Naruto once. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna move on to the next question here because now I'm rambling. So next question. Okay, so I put Kenchi and many others because many others there were a lot asked. of many others that <laughs> asked it. Uh, but Kenchi's had the most upvotes and I, I guess kind of fleshed the question out the the best. So here it is. But thank you to everyone who posed said question. Um, so Kenshi asks, we have seen Kuhn and Bomb or Rack and Kuhn one-on-one, but I think this is the first time Rack and Bomb has, have had a one-on-one with each other. So what are your thoughts and feelings for this? And is Rack living up to his title as the leader? So (laughs) one-on-one is a little vague in the sense that like, they've definitely had combos with each other where they've like met up again or whatever. And like, I don't know exactly which way, if you mean like just them in the room. Yeah. Well, I think they mean pairings because there's been moments in the stories where Bam and Kuhn have traveled by themselves without Rack. And yeah. there's been moments where Kuhn and Rack have traveled without Bam. Okay. This is the first time Rack and Bam are traveling without Kuhn. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I really love this this scene, this last scene, uh, one of the last scenes of the second mm. season where Rack kind of has to slap Bam back into reality again, where Bam is doubting himself and can I do it and all that sort of thing and maybe I should just back down. Rack's like... No, <laughs> that's not even a question. Uh, you're not doing that, and you're actually a bitch if you do that. So you don't want to be a bitch, right? And Palm's like, you're right. I don't want to be a bitch. So he's going to do it. No, but I, I think Rack, 
again, just shows why he deserves to be in this story and really has like an actual important role, which I do believe because I think he centers people in a very opposite way and it's a more comical way. So sometimes people might take it less seriously, but I feel like it's actually very important. Whereas Kuhn centers Bomb or other people in the sense that he has this very analytical approach, you know, make sure you're staying true to you and doing all this kind of thing and, and taking this the smart way and all this kind of stuff. Rack does the complete opposite. It just comes out funny where he's like, don't ever give in to like this overthinking or this lack of trust or like not following your heart because sometimes it's just going to take you kicking the door down without knowing what's behind it because you'll never know mm -hmm. and you'll be that much wiser when you do, you know? So it's like, I feel like his role is very important in that way. And it's cool to see him have that one-on-one -on -one with bomb in that moment. Cause it's generally speaking been Kuhn who has done that uh, throughout because they've just been together all the time. And Kuhn's a smart dude. So, you know, he's got some good advice to give, but it was nice to see rack kind of give the, that, I guess not opposite per se, because it's not that Kuhn wouldn't say it, but like the rack touch, you know, mm -hmm. on that sort of advice. But yeah, uh, I agree. The, the, it is cool. This is something I've been thinking about, uh, to be honest, ever since we first had the um, Kuhn and Bam like traveling together without rack. Was I was like, oh, I, I love this trio so much. But like, to be honest, the interesting thing about the trio is that together, all three of them really flesh each other out perfectly like Kuhn is like you said he's on very much the analytical end of the spectrum Rack is on the very instinctual end of the spectrum and Bam sits right in the middle so they you know they work and sync up like perfectly um but how does that relationship work when you take either any one of them out um and like this question says we've seen Kuhn and Bam operate we've seen Rack and Kuhn operate this is the first time we're seeing the the last uh pairing so to speak of Rack and Bam um and like you said in in a very rack fashion, you know, very akin to the um, the door test that they took way back in season one, um, you know, rack so, sort of here to reassure Bam that like, you know, sometimes it is okay to just act on instinct. Like, don't ever, you know, don't ever get yourself in a position where you're so overthinking yourself about something um, when the answer is simple. Uh, it, either you are the hunter or you're the prey. Be a hunter, and like, you know, this is, you know, like you said. Rack is a Rack is a funny character, so I think a lot of times when he says stuff, he's not as um he's not as careful with his words. So like everything just comes out blunt and honest and and raw, um which is funny. But you know that doesn't mean that there's any, there's any less weight behind what he's saying because it is true in this scenario and especially with someone like Bam going forward with how strong he will get and how strong he already is. Like that is the approach he's gonna have to take. We saw this sort of start to come up when he was fighting Data Jihad, where it's like. Bam, you're not going to be able to take a back seat forever and like pick and choose what moments like you're going to have to start be, to become assertive and declare what you want and go after and take what you want from people. And if they don't give it to you or they take something else from you, you're going to have to fight them for it. Like you're going to have to become a hunter. You're if you if you're going to win this battle against Jihad, you're going it's going to have to be you going up to Jihad and fighting him. Like Jihad's not coming to you. Um, and so I think you know more or less what Rack was saying is is that and it just the way he echoes it. Like I said, because of Rack's personality, it's just so. You know, he put together, you know, so well because that, that is Rack. Rack. Rack acts and does things on instinct. He doesn't think about things. He doesn't, you know, find the most, you know, logical. So, you know, he's just like, I want to go through this door. So that's what that was it. That was the only law process behind me kicking this door. Um, and, yeah, it's really cool. And, uh, yeah, he he's proven why he's the Turtles leader. <laughs>
100%. Anyway, folks, that is all the questions that we have for you guys today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you're dropping a like on this video, subscribing to the channel, and hitting that bell if you are new here so you don't miss any future content. Commenting your thoughts down below as well. What did you think of the questions posed, our answers to them? Uh, was there anything within these chapters that stuck out to you and had a profound impact? Let us know in the comments down below. And also subscribe to the AOA show, or rather AOA Reacts. You're on the AOA show. AOA Reacts, where you can catch our live reaction uh, and read through of these chapters and every subsequent one to follow. Don't want to miss it there. Um, there's also a bunch of links down there for you guys to support the channel in every which way, shape, and form, whether use it be them. Discord. <laughs> yeah, use them, seriously. <laughs> whether it be Discord to pose your question here, and you might just have it read out on, on our discussions here, uh, just joining the community, etc. Big shout out to our patrons as well, especially our Acolytes of Anime, Stoic and Nathan. Couldn't do it without you guys. Love you all from the bottom of our hearts. And uh, we have our comment of the day today. This one comes from Anaketh uh, Kothadaraman. I, yeah, think I, <laughs> I think I pronounced that correctly. So. Um, the comments uh, answer here was the key to the 135th floor. That was the question. What two components make up the key? Uh, 13 month series in the Rings of Jihad. So you got that correct. And uh, Anaketh says, I don't really care what, or I don't really know, rather, what to comment. I just, I'm really looking forward to your season two finale <laughs> stream on Sunday. So obviously this comment is a little dated, but we did this time skip thing where we went through. Point is, they commented and watched till the end of the video, and we really do appreciate yeah. that. So thank you for commenting, Anaketh, and for showing your support. And hopefully you did enjoy our live stream uh, that we went through because it was a lot of fun. So anyway, folks, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. But until next time, we will catch you all on the flip. Peace. Wait, <laughs> we're not done yet. We have a question for the day, and the question is what, Isaiah? <laughs> the question is, uh, what is the what is the supposed thing that Rack is hinted to be or belong to? Um, you know that we learn about on the hidden floor. Fantastic question, Isaiah. So y'all can answer that and disregard the fact that I forgot to ask it before. Um, and if you answer correctly and then put your comment there, we might just read it on our next episode. So many plugs, so many things to say at the end of this. <laughs> anyway, folks, now we are heading out. We'll catch you all in the play. Peace. Peace. Ninjas of Samurais, blaze of the Kunais. Find me in the leaf of the cloud, screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though, who like seeing parts fly. They like what you saying? Goma got more through the storylines. I tested your neck from the start. My hundreds gon' come for your heart. I promise you'll land in my boulevard. Left them in one piece. No.